A name is worth 1,000 conversations. I am your host, Hugo Rodriguez. And I am your co-host, Omar Alvarado. And this is... El Podcast Sin Nombre. Muy buenas tardes y bienvenidos a este primer episodio del año del podcast Sin Nombre. Antes que nada, déjenme les deseo un feliz año y esperemos que esté lleno de salud, dinero y amor para todo. Hoy, como ya es de costumbre, nos acompaña el amigo Omar Alvarado. A ver, Omar, ¿qué tenemos hoy? ¿A quién se tiene que introducir? Bueno, pues muy buenas tardes. Feliz año nuevo a todos a los que nos están escuchando. Gracias por uh, tuning in. Feliz año nuevo para todos. Y hoy día tenemos a uh, una persona, su nombre es Roberto Florido. Y es una, pues una amistad que tuvimos desde, desde la Junior High, se puede decir, con unos y con otros ya en High School. Robert, si gustas introducirte. Hola, como dijo Omar, me llamo Roberto Florido, este, amigo de Omar y de Hugo ya por mucho tiempo. Y estoy este, agradecido que me hayan invitado a esta edición de Los Reyes Magos en podcast sin nombre. Ah, yo ni me acordaba que eran Los Reyes Magos. Estoy haciendo chocolate, mijo, como dijo este Robert, es la, la edición de Los Reyes Magos. Ojalá te toque el, el mono y te orques, güey. No, con las muelas que tengo, sí los más bien. <risa> Me imagino que Robert también, porque también tiene buena muela. All right, comencemos. La generación de cristal. The Snowflake Generation. ¿Quién son? ¿A quién le pertenece el nombre? I, I, was, I was reading that it's Gen C. Mostly pertains to Gen C. Is that, is that, is that correct? Do you guys know any, anything about that? Yo desconozco un poco porque hay diferentes generaciones. Según la de Cristal es la que, de los que han nacido desde 2000 para acá. Pero también este, entra, I think Gen Z is like the 90s para acá, ¿no? Or the 90s to the, yeah, to the like 99 or something like that. Yeah, because it's Gen X and then Gen Z. And I think we're... I think we're Gen X. Yeah, we're right in, right in there. We're millennials. Gen Z. No, we're not millennials. No, I think uh, millennials come right after us, if I'm not uh, incorrect. Let's see what it's... Uh, yeah, there's the... Uh, la X, la generación X es como hasta el 80. From like 70s to 80 or something like that. Where que dice Google? Los tradicionalistas, or also known as Silent Generation, son nacidos antes de 1945. Los Baby Boomers son nacidos entre 1946 y 1964. Generación X, que es la generación con la cual nos identificamos nosotros, son nacidos entre 1965 y 1976. Los Millennials, or Generation Y, son nacidos entre 1977 y 1995. Gen Z, o también conocidos como Centennials, son nacidos entre 1996 y 2015. Y son también llamados como la generación de cristal, o en inglés, the snowflake generation. Toma tu papaya, güey, te dije que también nosotros éramos. So we're millennials. Uh, that is millennials. We are millennials. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think, uh, I, I think the best way to put it is, uh, it, say like, you know, it, it encompasses these dates, but it doesn't apply to everyone as everybody was raised differently. I don't really think we have a choice, buddy. One of the most common criticisms of this generation is the overprotection with which many have grown up, given that there was a change in parenting and education by parents. So, a mí me dejaban solo, güey, desde que tenía como ocho años, güey. No creo que yo. Yeah, exactly. I'm just that mean. I mean, we grew up in a time when, when there was still, uh, I guess you can say, informal punishment, like spanking sometimes, right, right in the back of the truck. 
and playing with handguns as kids, you know, playing with toys, as slingshots, shooting each other. So yeah, definitely there's a, a big change in the, uh, the way we parent because I think those are toys that we don't give to our kids anymore. But just to be clear, what some people consider informal parenting might not be considered informal by others. With that said, Omar, what do you think about what Robert said? Do you agree with him? I agree with that, Robert. For me, like in my case, um, the way I was raised, I'm trying to I'm trying to replicate that in the way I raised my kids. I mentioned that taking away maybe one or two things or the things that maybe I didn't think were that good, taking that away and, and changing. But more along the lines that, yeah, también, así como a uno lo dejaron, que se queden solos, no pasa nada, que salgan, que jueguen con esos juguetes que a lo mejor right now, they won't look like, oh, that's not too good. Do you be playing with that? Or, o que salgan y, y jueguen afuera, o que se raspen, que sangren, Okay, that's fine. You know, let let them feel all that. Let them let them get all that. The way we got it, you know, para que no estén tan tan protegidos de que oh no 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 no. You know, this is this is the world out there. You know, no no pasa nada. Ensuciate, manchate. You know, bleed. It's okay. You know, it's a scrape. Okay, por lo que veo, vamos a empezar con parenting styles o modos de criar a nuestros hijos y por qué les ofende a ciertas personas. Hace poco escuché un TikTok de un TikToker famosillo se llama The Manny Show. Um, que les quiero, que quiero que escuchen. Y de ahí comenzamos nuestra discusión del día de hoy. Hey, non-binary offspring. Hey, non-gender specific parent. Uh, just wanted to let you know that dinner is ready. Uh, if you consent to it, of course. Um, I don't. <laughs> I, I don't consent. Well, I was thinking maybe in an hour or so, if you're up to it, me and your other non-gender specific parent can sit in the living room and breathe for a little bit. <laughs> if, if it doesn't trigger you, of course. You know, I'm not sure if I'm triggered by that or offended. I, Quite honestly, I, I don't know what to feel anymore. <laughs> Trust me, I don't know either, honey. Oh my God, did you just call me honey? Oh my God, I am so sorry. That's harassment. Please don't tweet about this. I already did. <laughs> well, looks like my career is over. Well, maybe think 20 times before you talk. We'll have to live on the streets. Well, that doesn't matter to me because my feelings are more important than all of our physical well-beings. <laughs> okay, well, I'm going to go into the living room and cry. Uh, I love you. You don't have to say it back. I'm not going to. This TikTok is labeled parenting in 2040. It says, in America of 2040, children raise parents. If you guys want to check out his TikTok page, uh, he is at the underscore M. A-N-N-I-I. -I. Give him a follow. He has a lot of interesting videos. And not to make it complicated, let's just start with something simple. Let me ask you guys this. Would you let your kids walk home from school by themselves? Yeah, absolutely. I actually have my, my daughter's a freshman and I'm looking for her to actually start taking the bus. You know? so, bus or school bus? No, 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 the public bus. Okay. Pero para eso, para eso no es, uh, o al menos en mi caso, I mean, we used to take the bus with my mom all the time, so uno, uno sabía hacer eso. Um, my daughter hasn't done it because, you know, no, no tenía la necesidad de hacerlo, pero ahorita ponle que no tenga la necesidad, pero quiero que aprenda eso también. How to take a public tra transportation. ¿Piensas que la protegiste? Tratando de que no tenga las mismas experiencias que uno pudo haber tenido en nuestros tiempos. No, no, I don't think so. I think it was just geography. The school donde, donde estaba, no, no se prestaban para que se fueran a caminar. Yo donde, where I was, you know, you guys know where I live, or donde, donde crecí. Um, entonces las escuelas aquí me quedaban en cortito. So that's why they would let us just walk to school. I mean, I remember my mom walking me to kinder one week and that was it. And ever since I always walked to school. Um, entonces en el caso de, de, digamos, Miranda, my daughter, no pienso que la protegí, simplemente no se prestaba para que se fuera caminando, pero ahorita sí se presta para que vaya en bus, you know? 
Yeah. Robert, would you let your son, daughter walk from school to your house by themselves? Well, Omar made a good point. It depends how accessible the school is. If the school is like what he, he said, uh, a block two away where it's short distance and they can walk, they got no big deal. You know, I think it's best for them to walk. And, it, and at the same time, it gives, gives them like a, a real world experience to see what it's like not being ridden around in a car at all. Obviously, if the, if the school is quite a distance, and of course, you might want to either show them how to take transportation, uh, public transportation, if it's available and if it's accessible. And if not, then find another means to uh, get them there. No. Okay. And and, uh, yeah. and just with you saying no, there is a difference already. I'm not going to, I'm not, but there is already a difference between you and me and Robert. Digamos. Yeah. But you won't let them. So you are part of that group that puts them in that bubble. Whereas, say, for example, me and Robert, at least in that in, in that topic that we're talking about, about them taking public transportation, we're not putting them in that bubble. That we might do it with something else. Who knows? Maybe we do. Yeah. Uh, you see, the, the reason why I asked, maybe there's people raising their kids different ways than what they were raised themselves. So for us, our parents, they let us walk home from school. The area might not have been the best. Um, transportation might not might not have been the best, but that was the only option we had. Today, we have different options. At some degree, we're handicapping our kids and turning them into this snowflake generation or generación de cristal, however you want to call it. We're so overprotective that we kind of raise our kids inside a bubble. You mentioned the right word, bubble. Snowflakes are accused of living in a bubble of righteousness. Yeah, that's correct. I think that's I think that's one of the biggest issues with that is that righteousness is like everybody wants to be right. Everybody is right. And in this topic, your way your way of parenting might be might not coincide with somebody else's way of parenting. And therefore they think, well, this is not how you should be raising your kids. This you shouldn't allow your kids to walk to school and this in this neighborhood. What I've read about the snowflake generation is that when it comes to conflict with their own opinions, they shut it down. So it's not much more of what we think as parents, it's more of what they think. Like they get offended when there's conflict that doesn't go with their own opinion. Absolutely. And I think that nowadays there's no room for dialogue. There's not like, you know what, let's agree to disagree. Like you said, Hugo, we live in this bubble of entitlement that there's no room to negotiate. There's no room to try to find a middle or common ground. Everybody just wants to believe what they feel is right and then shut everything and everyone else. Estamos hablando, estamos diciendo que depende de the way we were raised. I mean, we're kind of saying like, oh, nosotros no, because we're raised differently. Pero in the same group, us three, I mean, there's already a difference. Yeah. Entonces, yeah, yo pienso que con miles de personas, sí, unos a lo mejor sí, pero a, a lo mejor también por las experiencias que ellos tuvieron, no sé. We, we all say, in a sense, we were raised the same way, but in reality, and I mean, just within us, we know that there, were, there are certain things that happen within our families, and we know about them because we were such a close group of friends. Um, that we know there's a difference, you know, so maybe that played a part into like, oh, I'm not going to let my kids go to school, you know, like that. Or, yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to show them que tengan, como dijo Robert, esas vivencias de que digan, hey, this is like a real life experience, you know, doing that. You know, I've taken my daughter to a liquor store walking just so she knows como llegar a una liquor store. Um, a una little convenience store, a little ranch market, a Dater Brothers, I mean, que camine, you know, que sepa, oh my God, look, ta, por las banquetas, mira, ten, ten cuidado, no te vayas a caer, stuff like that, that you're like, wow, if you're always riding them in a the car, they're not even going to know how to do that. Okay, déjate, pregunto esto, based on what you said, it, it said that millennials are weaker than previous generations, this why you think you need to walk with your daughter to the liquor store so she can know how it is? Well, at least in And, my case, I don't think so, what I mentioned before, I'm trying to replicate kind of the way that I I was raised so i was 
a mí me enseñaron a hacer eso. You know, ve, corre, now take your bike and go to the, to, go to the store, trae leche, trae mandados, un ejemplo, ¿verdad? Entonces, por ejemplo, así, por ponerlo de esa manera, ya servíamos para hacer un mandado. Entonces yo también les quiero dar eso, eso a, mi, a mis hijos, que ellos también, que no sean unos inútiles, uh, pero no, no lo hago porque, oh, because I think that they're weaker. You know, because I don't, I don't think that. Or at least I don't generalize, like, oh, this generation is weak. Like, pues, uh, muchos, pero también depende de how you're raising your kids. What do you think about that, Robert? Do you think um, the snowflakes are weaker than previous generations? Generalizing, I think they are. I, under, I understand where Omar's coming from, and he, he does have a good point. It, it all depends on the, the level of parenting and how involved with your kid and how much you expose them to the world. Because if you don't expose them to, you know, walking them to school, taking them on the walk to the liquor store, going to the park, you know, taking, taking them out of the house, period. And you just have them at, at the home in front of the screen. That's, that, that takes away a lot of exposure of what's going on in the real world. Now, exactly. Exactly. So, so that, that ties in into the parents. How you raise your kids is, is going to pretty much determine how that, that generation keeps going, at least, at least along that bloodline. But mm -hmm. as, a, as a general population, I think that we, We are becoming softer as a population, as as uh, as generations come. Because if you think about it, back in the day, when someone made made fun of someone else as kids, you know, at the end of the day, you knew people were jo uh, joking. There was bullying involved. At the end of the day, it was harmless. You know, you, you can go back to our at the time when we were kids, and you can say that there was a lot of bullying, a lot of trash talking. There was a lot a lot going on, but you never heard about shootings at schools. You know, you heard, you know, you heard about fights and boom, everything was squashed at that, that moment and nothing and nothing was carried over to the next day. And uh, to to add on to that, uh, I think that you can categorize or say something about someone without getting offended. Whereas back in the day, um, you kind of just shrub it off. You know, someone would talk shit on on the hall or your friends would and you're like god oh, that's just you know that's just bill he's just that way whatever you know screw him and so nowadays it, it's different because now people take it way way too personal uh, and i think that's what creates the issue that because people take it too to heart it becomes it's like you are are messing with their ego and that creates a bigger issue and you mentioned bill right or the name yeah it was yeah, it was, yeah metaphorically speaking would you talk to bill the same way you talk to bot It all, it all depends how you uh, how you get along with with the well, other one. And the reason I ask is because that's part of the word snowflake. I mean, if you think about it, snowflakes, every single snowflake is different. The the idea being that each and every one of us is special or unique. So, so example, do you consider yourself a snowflake, Hugo? No, I don't. But oh, you, because you you listen, each, listen. each and every one of us is is special in its own way. Yeah, I'm so. just generalizing. So just, oh, okay, okay. Uh -huh. Está bien, güey, está bien. Nomás dije, pues a lo mejor te consideras una pinche snowflake y no nos habías dicho. Where I'm going with this is that I might joke around with, with you, Omar, in a certain way and then to a certain limit. And with someone else, it might be completely different. Like, I might not even joke around with that person at all because of how I know that person is. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Tú ya sabes con quién. That's the frustration about the snowflake generation is that now you have to watch what you say. Now you have to make sure that you're politically correct, that you're not going to insult anybody because of their gender or whatever, or politics. People get easily offended. They lack resilience, I guess. So resilience? R-E-S-I-L-I-E-N-C-E. 
Ajá, pendejo, pues sí, ¿qué te pasa? También yo solo había estudiado, güey. Scratch that one up. Scratch that up the list. Ya lo usó, ya lo utilizó. You didn't know. He said it again, dude. All of a sudden, dijo, dijo Hugo, what time did the fucking spelling bee start? <laughs> a ver, Omar, spelling bee. No, Hugo, pero a ver, going back to what I told you. No, then, let's go back to the spelling test. No, espérame. Es, yo, no tengo, yo no tengo mis computadoras enfrente de mí. So, so again, exactly oh. what you're saying. That's exactly what's happening with the snowflake that you're saying. They're saying everyone is equal. They want to put equality to todos. No, don't say that because, you know, everyone's equal. So, yeah, you can't do that trash talking like Robert was saying or that, you know, that bullying. No, lo, lo just to see, to see your change in, in response. I wouldn't allow my daughter to dye her hair right now until she's over 15, 16. Right now she's 11. Aiden and Hugo have, have expressed that they, whenever we did Mohawks on them or something like that, that they want to dye their hair. And I stayed to the same. How much of a sexist am I going to be if I was to say, no, my daughter can't do it until she's 16, but I'm letting my sons do it? Would you uh, allow? I think that was, Hugo, I think that that was a terrible example because you're allowing one of your kids at, at, at what age did he have a Mohawk? Um, I don't know. They, they've all had Mohawks since they were like toddlers, some them on and off in the summer. And your daughter, all she simply wants to do is dye her hair red. And she might say, hey, dad, well, having a Mohawk, it's more uh, more out there than just dyeing her hair red. So what's the issue? Mohawk, he's probably the only one that has the Mohawk in the entire school. Why, why is having my, my hair red a big issue? Why is it a big problem? Why does he have to do it and not me? A mohawk to me is not as bad as a 11-year-old wearing makeup and having her hair dyed. At the same time, Hugo, maybe she's not wanting to dye her hair for the reasons that you might think. A lo mejor también en su escuela, she sees other girls that have already dyed it, you know? And it's, a, it's, 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 and it's completely harmless for you because you think differently. It's like, you know, you're not old enough to decide what color your hair should be, but your son having a mohawk is okay. So you're saying a boy shouldn't have a mohawk? No, yeah, if he wants a mohawk, why not? Well, then what's the point? I don't think there's nothing wrong with it. Pero lo que te estoy diciendo, Robert, entonces si también si tu hija quiere el pelo pintado, what the, what's the harm? Si no nomás en toda su inocencia, she wants her, what's wrong with her having her hair dyed? Uh, we've, I've allowed her to do the, 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 the washable hair dye, but I wouldn't allow her to do the permanent hair dye. First and that's, and that's, I think that's perfectly fine because I think you as a parent, todavía tienes esa, esa, este, esa decisión de que decir, ¿sabes qué? No, cuando yo te diga que puedes, ya puedes. Y yo no, yo no. Es nada, cuando yo le diga, es cuando la mire preparada, pero I know she's. ¿Cómo tú verías que una persona está preparada para que ya se pinte el pelo? I don't know, be able to take care of her own hair. We still have to help her out with her hair. She has curly ass hair. Hey, Hugo, Hugo, women our age don't need help. That's why there's salons. Like what Omar's trying to say is, what is the measuring rod for. Uh, maturity is at the point where myself or her mom don't have to remind her that she has to untangle her own hair. When she's able to do that on her own, then maybe I'll consider letting her dye her hair however she wants to. In my personal point of view is that it's not about saying no to your kids. It's not saying, hey, you know what? I'm the I'm the parent. I rule here. It's being able to negotiate. It's, you're not saying no, but at the same time, you're kind of meeting down the middle. Yeah. And I think that if you set that standard as a society, have people have an open mind, we will be better and we will be able to compromise on things rather than they get shut down and go in our bubble and get offended by everything because we weren't taught to 
to compromise or, or have open discussion. Maybe when we were growing up, in my case, we didn't have that. We didn't have that. We didn't have room for negotiation. It was what my mom and my dad said, and that was it. We followed it. So, cuando yo mencionaba que I'm trying to replicate the way I was raised, changing here and there a couple of things that I think could have been different, um, that's one of the things, you know. Um, the example here with my daughter is her cell phone. Um, when she, she wanted to get a cell phone, and I said, okay, these are the rules. I gave her, I laid down the rules. And when I gave her the time where like past nine o'clock, you can't, you can't use your phone, uh, nine at night. Um, she's like, okay. She said yes to all the rules. And then I told her, but I want you to also know that there's always room for negotiation. Cause she basically said yes to everything saying like, yes, dad, whatever you say, I'm going to follow it. Pero yo también le quería enseñar a ella que también hay campo para negociar eso. Entonces, if you feel that it's not fair, that nine o'clock is not fair. You can tell me, feel, feel the confidence to tell me, hey, dad, what about 9.30? And then she's like, okay, well, can we do 9.30 if, if, if it's open for negotiation? I said, you know what? 9.30 is still fine. So that's something that I do agree with. There should be that room. EAA se siente con más confianza. No solamente con eso del celular, pero con algo más. Cuando yo le digo que no, ella después me ha venido y me ha dicho, uh, well, what about this? And I said, you know what? If it's, yeah, feasible and if it's something that it's, um, you know, it's fair. Sure. Why not? But then there's times where I say, nope, like lo que te dije, eso es lo que es. Um, but yeah, no, I agree with that. El término generación de cristal se puede explicar metafóricamente como la naturaleza delicada y frágil de un copo de nieve. Supuestamente está perfectamente encarnada en la generación del milenio y la generación Z. Se afirma con frecuencia que creen que tienen derecho a un tratamiento especial debido a sus características supuestamente únicas. El síndrome de la generación de cristal es definido con la convicción de que uno es, de alguna manera, especial, y por lo tanto, debe ser tratado de manera diferente a los demás. Robert, ¿estás religioso? No, no creo que sea. Omar? Sí, yes, lo uh, ¿Qué religión es eso? Católica. ¿Would you allow your daughter to, or daughter and son to switch religion? Um, I don't think it's a matter of me allowing them. I think um, since they were, since they were, you know, babies, um, I decided to baptize them. So, mi trabajo es seguir inculcándoles esa religión. Que si llega el momento donde ellos ya quieran decidir otra cosa, pues yo pienso que también va a ser su decisión. I can't hold them and be like, a fuerzas tienes que ser católico, you know. Pero mi trabajo ahorita como padre es inculcarles la religión católica y que lo he hecho de una manera. No te digo que siempre, que todos los domingos van a misa, pero cuando, cuando hablamos de, de que lo he tratado de hacer de la mejor manera y que tengan sus sacramentos y todo, you're like, yeah, sure. Like, I think, I think I'm going to do it hasta que venga de ellos que no quieren. Si es que bien. No, porque... No, porque... No, porque... No, porque... No, porque... I don't pray. I don't go to church on Sundays. I mean, my I, I say I'm I'm Catholic. And my kids are Catholic, but until the point where they're old enough to say, "No, Dad, you know what? I think I'm going to go with this other religion." I mean, if they're old enough to go to war, they should be old enough to make decisions on their own. I guess my thought on that is, I would want to introduce at least my daughter for now into a religion because that's where you meet some great people. Religion is like a, a guidance to life, how to act with others, how to respect us, and so forth. So that'd be a good environment to raise my daughter around. Would I push it to the point where I, where I tell her, hey, you need to be baptized? I can bring her around it and not push her to all those religious milestones. That's coming from me directly rather than her. At the same time, 
let her know that, hey, you know what? There's other religions and we're respectful of them and their beliefs. Because I think that's where the issues start, where you are so focused on one religion and have tunnel vision that any, the moment anyone else brings something different, then things get heated up because no, my gods are right. right. No, my gods are the right ones. And, and it goes back and forth. So that, that's more my approach towards um, guiding my kids on religion. Okay, well, let me change it up on you guys. Uh, Robert, you said that you wouldn't pressure them to do like get baptized and stuff like that. Well, what about the pressure you're going to get from your family? My, my kids are not my family's kids. People cannot tell other people how to live their lives. Correct. But I mean, when you simple. feel something, if, if, if your mom comes up to you, Robert, no vas a bautizar a la niña, no la vas a confirmar. No, I said la primera comunión. I mean, not just you, Robert Omar. Would you would you feel that pressure from your family, or you think your family give you any pressure if you weren't do that? Obviously, your your kids are baptized, right? Yeah, both of my kids are baptized. Yeah, no, and and actually, when it, when I did it, it was because I wanted to. It wasn't because of pressure with family or anything like that. It was my decision. Yeah, my, well, my point of view is like I said, um, you 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 have to live your life the way you want to. You have to raise your kids the way you want to. And that's a big issue sometimes with family when when outside influences try to come in and tell you how to do things. I'm pretty sure you guys have faced it because I, I personally have had some backlash on choices that I've made on many different matters. But at the end of the day, you people live the way they want to live and nobody else should interfere with that. Cada quien que haga su culo un papalote. Algunas personas se sienten ofendidas por la religión, pero el hecho de que alguien se ofenda no significa que tenga la razón. La mayoría de las personas protegen las cosas que aman y, si alguien no está de acuerdo con ellas, se ofenden. Según una encuesta del Pew Research Center, realizada en julio, 65% de los adultos estadounidenses dicen que la gente que se ofende con demasiada facilidad es un problema importante en el país hoy en día. Mientras que el 53% dice que la gente que dice cosas ofensivas a los demás es un problema importante. How would you respond to that? The only way I would think is by quoting a movie. Well, one of my all-time favorite movies, Fight Club. You are not special. You are not a beautiful or unique snowflake. You are the same decaying organic matter as everything else. We are the all-singing, all-dancing crap of the world. We are all part of the same compost heap. Bueno amigos, llegó el momento de despedirnos. Pero antes, muchas gracias Roberto por habernos acompañado en este episodio del podcast Sin Nombre. Extiendo una invitación para el próximo tema que seguirá siendo de esto de la generación de cristal or the snowflake generation. No se les olvide suscribirse. We are now available in Pandora and all streaming platforms. So thank you guys and hope you tune in next week. Hasta luego. Un nombre vale mil conversaciones. El mío es Hugo Rodríguez. Y yo soy Omar Alvarado. Y esto es... El Podcast Sin Nombre.